You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. The new book by Robin Sloan is Sourdough. Thank you for joining me, Robin. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. This is a book about making bread that turns out that that's a big darn rabbit hole you can go down for a long time. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot there, a lot waiting there. Your main character, Lois Clary, works at a startup, and startups have cultures. Sourdough, starter is a culture. Startups, starters, culture. There's a lot of culture in this book, and you explore that idea in a variety of ways. Yeah, I mean... I think it's interesting. <laughs> Etymology is guide, actually. I find myself, uh, there's a website called Etym Online, Etymology Online, and it somehow they've somehow collected all of the etymologies from like all the great sources and dictionaries. And it, it might seem a little basic to kind of go searching in the etymology first, but there's a lot hidden there. I mean, truly, truly, you could start a whole story and sketch out a whole fictional world based on the secrets and the stories that are kind of lurking in those in those etymologies. So I think I think the correspondence of those words is not incidental. I think it's actually like exciting. You create a whole culture in this book, the Mazg. Talk about creating that culture, why you created it and how you did created it. Um I cre- I I'll I'll tell you that the inspiration, if indirect, is Clement Street in San Francisco. I used mm-hmm. to live um, at 10th and Clement. It was one of my favorite places I ever lived. And that street is just one of the ultimate polyglot avenues. Every storefront is a different language, selling something different. It smells a different way. And uh, I loved it. And I, lo- and I loved not knowing what everything was. And so that feeling was very much in my mind as I thought about creating this fictional culture. This world you create, the food world of San Francisco, is based in part on the real food world of San Francisco, which is really complicated. And I think you managed to to find a create a really great character. Uh, so talk about Charlotte Clingstone and her hold over the San Francisco cult world of food culture. Well, I think it's this interesting case of sort of a you know, uh, a powerful fist inside a velvet glove. Let me let me start over. That's actually terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> rewind, rewind, edit, edit, delete. Um, I think it is a form of power. You know, I think when people talk about um, organic food and being sustainable and thoughtful, often that sounds soft, you know, and comfortable. Um, but of course, um, there are... Empire. there empire. Yeah, and there are networks of power here and great, great influence. And I think actually... To fully respect the people in that world, um, I, I think actually part of that is to is to recognize the power they have. Your characters take a trip to a slurry factory. Is it is there really an old Gallo facility out there that's abandoned? Is it abandoned? Yeah, well, no, it's not abandoned. I did. It's one of those things. Um, as a as a writer, I think this happens to a lot of folks who who write fiction. You're always kind of just collecting words you hear, people you meet, places you go. And I, I actually have driven around um, a, a couple of the big, big industrial-scale wineries down in the Fresno area. And they, I mean, they look like refineries. They don't, there's nothing cute about them. There's nothing homey about them. They are massive, huge vats and tanks and pipes. And uh, yeah, so I pretty much as soon as I saw um, the first one of those I saw in Madera, California, I knew that that was going to show up on the page at some point. <laughs> 
did you uh, have to research robot arm making? And did you yourself uh, learn, try to learn to teach robot arms how to do something? Like maybe write a sentence? I haven't. Oh, I wish that I had a robot arm of my own. I don't. They're still too expensive, actually, for lay people to kind of get their hands on. I read a lot about the state of the art. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can say that I'm sort of a fan of the technology. I guess that's all to say I want someone to make me a robot arm, a okay. consu- consumer-grade robot arm. Well, I have to ask, you quote a price in the book. Is that close to the real price? It is close to the real price. Uh, if, any, if anything, the price I quote in the book, which is many tens of thousands of dollars, is probably a little bit of a lowball. They are oh. they're, they're pricey capital goods, yeah. Mm. Now, um, you also create a secret food market and I, I love this idea uh, of the marrow. So describe to us what you will find there, and also tell me whether or not you've had any cricket cookies. <laughs> the Marrow Fair is, of course, the great fictional underground market of the Bay Area, available only to those truly in the know, you know, deep, deep, deep in the foodie scene. And uh, I have had cricket cookies, in fact. I've had many cricket-based products. I, really? uh Yeah. Um, it's, cricket stuff is totally on the rise, and I think... Uh, deser- deservedly so. I think it's a really interesting thing to be cooking with and, and preparing foods with. And I can say that every cricket-based thing that I've had so far has been really tasty. <laughs> Do you make cricket thing? Do you use cricket No, flour? I haven't really used cricket flour myself. Apparently, it's a little tricky, actually, mm-hmm. um, for reasons I don't fully understand. Something about just how it behaves. So you actually have to be like a very skilled baker to use cricket flour effectively. You have some very skilled bakers in this novel. Did you uh, yourself undertake uh, any baking lessons? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have even known about Sourdough Starter and and that it was interesting and strange and kind of novel-worthy if I had not um, done a little bit of baking myself. I had a starter of my own and baked regularly. I have to confess that I was never that good at it. Uh I mean, I tried and tried and tried. My loaves just sort of remained resolutely dense, just a little denser than you want your sourdough to be. And I, I just never had a sense, you know, that the people who are really great at it, they become almost like sourdough whisperers and they know, they just can like, they sort of like stick their, their finger out the window and detect how cool it is and how, what the sort of, you know, uh, humidity is and how the fog is rolling in and they know exactly what to do. And I, I could never do that. There's a science of sourdough, and I think that's one of the things that interests me is that you capture how baking and art and science um, are all kind of they, – they work best when they're all working together. Yeah. I mean, truly, to be a good baker, you have to be some sort of chemist, some sort of scientist. And uh, I think that's the appeal for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people out there who have brains or, or temperaments that – maybe never quite clicked with the slightly more organic improvisational kind of cooking mm-hmm. but then they found baking and they went yes this is me you know this is how my brain works the new book by robin sloan is sourdough thank you for joining me robin my absolute pleasure thank you you're listening to the agony column news report trashotron.com slash agony 